All right. You're a Krakoan. Thank you. Is there is there anything you write into your resurrection protocols for a change about yourself? Mm. Well, I wish it was a little bit taller. I wish it was a baller. Mm-hmm. But you do have a girl, so you can call her. Right. <laughs> Rabbit in the hat. That's not really resurrection protocol stuff. Maybe if I was... <laughs> We're going to keep know. going with this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can I, can I ask like, okay. Wishing you were a little bit taller. I get it. Wishing you were a baller. Uh-huh. I get it. Wishing uh-huh. you had a six, four Impala. Sure. Totally fine. Wishing you had a girl. Uh-huh. If you did, you would call her. Awesome. Wrapping uh-huh. a hat. Okay. Like, I guess it's pretty cool. <laughs> a bat not well I, yeah <laughs> listen <laughs> small small to big wishes <laughs> it's totally fine <laughs> are we talking like a baseball bat or are we talking like a a flying rodent bat because the one is pretty easy to acquire and the other is why do you want this I don't know Okay. Oh, <laughs> we're diving into <laughs> I don't I I've only ever listened to that song maybe twice. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so like <laughs> I don't have a base level knowledge to really dive in to the thought process behind wanting a bat. And I really, really don't think it was a flying rodent that he okay. wanted. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's right after a rabbit in a hat. He's on like an animal theme, maybe. Maybe. I'm thinking, so like, what if he's writing this or right after someone jacked his car? And so he wants, he needs a ride to go and beat the crap out of whoever okay. took his stuff. So he needs a bat okay. to exact justice. And a car. To, to drive over, yeah, and a girl. The rabbit, the rabbit in the hat, is the magic behind a six four and Paula just showing up. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but you didn't answer my question. Don't dodge the question. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I do not wish I was a little bit taller. Six four is plenty tall. Let me tell as, you. As soon as you said that, I was like, really? Oh wait, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I'd uh, I think I'd run it back. Mm. How about you? I think I'd make my locks shoulder length. Oh, okay. I'd make Just my hair longer. Skip straight past the um, the like the awkward growing it out phase and right mm-hmm. into like. Okay. So I'd do that. I would like to be able to pull off longer hair. Like I've tried it. And it, I mean, not like long, you know, but like kind of brushing the shoulders and, and it was, it, I got to the awkward stage and I said no more. <laughs> I would fix my teeth. Mm, yeah, I might do that too. What's up with your teeth? They're, well, I've got like a small gap in between my two front teeth. Oh, come and on. Then, That's well, and then my. There. My two bottom teeth, my two front bottom teeth are getting shoved forward by the other teeth next to it. 
Mm, also, yeah. I have ground my teeth in my sleep to the point where I have no canines. Oh, wow. Like, it's just. That's wild. It's basically a straight line. Oh, huh. crazy. Yeah. So, like, I have to wear a retainer to keep my teeth from moving <laughs> at <laughs> night. So, just like small things. I don't think I would change anything about like my memory or my physical form. I, I would rather. I would rather like work on my physical form. I don't yep. want to rely on an egg to do it. Right. But teeth and teeth and hair, I teeth. feel like are pretty inconsequential. Cause I was thinking about like, um, Quentin choir is the only one that canonically <laughs> we have notes we'll of all the different yeah. things he's tried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that was in like X-Force, like four or something where he's talking about it. Yeah. No one else has really done that with the exception of like opting out of like memory of my death or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, just random thought is it's like a, it's an, it's a really weird Marvel themed segue into like self introspection. <laughs> what, what would you change about yourself if you could? Yeah, totally. But I feel, I feel like that's, that's a, easier question to answer for people in their 20s i feel like once we're in our 30s like we've kind of accepted where we're at yeah, it's just, <laughs> like, just like fuck i spent all this time got. getting used to like this body now i have to right? fucking change something get used to shit all over again and this brain you know like my god mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i just, i i don't even know but i feel like to- 15 years ago i would have had a completely different answer totally but yeah anyway Fun, fun, fun little thought for you. So now, so oh, well, I guess, what are we doing here? What's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Hyper Spice Superpower. It's a podcast <laughs> where we talk about the things that were hyped on, comic books, etc. I'm Will Freel. No. What have I, what have I done? I'm Steve Stormers. Alongside my best buddy, Will Freeland. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we read Krakoa era X-Men as we will be doing for the next several weeks until we're caught up so that Will can safely read AVX without spoiling his entire shit. Sort of caught up, but yes. Sort of caught up. Mostly caught up. Medium caught up. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get like halfway there. <laughs> Cause there's still what six volumes of of what's after Destiny Trials? Destiny of X? Yeah. Theoretically, basically. So that's a whole we're basically we're gonna reevaluate. I'm gonna reevaluate myself at the end of the month. That's fair. But we're kicking off the next four episodes of all X titles. All yes. Krakoa X titles, and it's going to be awesome. So uh, yeah. So this week we read Trials of X volumes seven and eight. Mm-hmm. Those uh, books are not out, out yet. Last, if you're looking, seven you're, just if, came out this last week. Oh, seven just came out this last week. Okay, I was going to say like if you're well, these com- these I released these so late. Anyway. If we were if we were coming out with this the week that we recorded, yeah, like we used to like a year and a half ago, yeah. <laughs> the then yeah, Trials eight would not be out. Trials yeah. 8 might be out by the time we uh, release this. And yeah, it's a, a pretty good. Just the reality of calendars. <laughs> pretty good chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're doing, we're doing 7 and 8. 
I have one generic, like, what was your, what was your kind of your overall feeling about these two volumes? Good sir. You know, it didn't really like shake me like a lot has mm-hmm. recently. I was just mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, there's some good stories here moving it along. I, the big standout for me was new mutants mm. and, and we kick it right off, right? The first two issues of our reading are the um, basically wrapping up new mutants for the trials of X era and ending this uh, shadow King arc. And that blew me away. The rest was like, yeah, here we go. How about very, you? very impressive Yeah, for new mutants. Not going to lie. We'll get into that. For me, yeah, kind of the same. I wonder if it's because there's no Hellions or Way of X in these two volumes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we're coming off of freaking End of Way of X, Onslaught, Revelation, and Inferno. Yeah. Shit got yeah. wild recently, and, and we've got a nice little reset, maybe. Right. One thing that kind of stood out to me is like, both of these volumes had a handful of situations where it was like uh, bait and switch might be the right mm. phrase, but like something would happen and it would irk me and I'd be bothered and I'd be like, well, here's going to be a little random nitpick I'm going to complain about <laughs> on the pod. And then by the end of the book, it got flipped on me and I was uh-huh. like, oh, damn it. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> Uh, just like I'm looking forward to hearing where those come. I mean, I'll so half of our reading involves Wolverine. Yeah. And there's some scenes with Wolverine just like hanging out in water and like oh I'm it's gonna be a while before I learn to get to just let go of the fact that Wolverine sh- can swim. Uh-huh. Depending on who's writing them. Depending on who's <laughs> writing, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you just get like random stuff like that. But like there's there's a couple other Wolverine things that like I was like, well, oh, there's some other stuff and excellent. It's just we'll get there. Sure. Also, one of my big picture takeaways from just the act of reading this is I don't like this method of reading. <laughs> with what the not not with trade paperbacks in front of you, you mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. How how did you read? Did you uh use my Kindle? Okay. Or, or use the Kindle app yeah, because yeah. half of these issues are on Comixology Unlimited and oh, they're yeah. free. Oh, cool. And I'm on like this 30 day trial for, sure. for Comixology. So a bunch of them I got for free. The others I got at a discount. They're like $1.70 each. Cool. I don't mind giving more sales numbers to <laughs> Marvel. So sure. I, it, at the end of the, at the end of the week, I end up spending another like, not even ten dollars extra on Marvel. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's still it's still within a manageable price range. Totally. So it's fine. But the reason why I don't like it is because the app is very like, hey, want to read the next next issue? Ah, uh, and you're like, and no, then, I have an order. I'm like, no, actually. <laughs> but then on top of that, the last page is always like that like cover preview of the next oh, issue. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then also has like a list of other yeah. X titles. Yeah. And like so highlights see, the one. So you can see w- what the context is for what's coming out around this time. That kind of informs read order if you're not doing it the way we are. 
Yeah, and that was odd to me. Okay. <laughs> it's something I've gotten completely used to. Right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is just kind of the other payoff of reading individual issues versus uh, waiting for TPs. But yeah, it, it was just... I don't I don't want to know anything about what the next issue is, especially if the next issue is in another book. Mm, mm-hmm. Like the preview for X-Men 6 is the thing that I was waiting for, actually, uh, as far as referential like things from Devil's Reign. Sure. Or uh I think it was the sword cliffhanger and the X-Force next cover i was Mm. like well okay (laughs) but that's just first world problem princess (laughs) type stuff sure but yeah should we uh should we should we just hop in yeah let's jump in start the order i've got for trial seven was x-men 4 new mutants 2223 and then wolverine 1718 yep okay uh so x-men 4 it's it's interesting to me after well after Hickman's X-Men title, right? X-Men starting with, you know, Krakoa through Dawn of X and then kind of stopping with with the Hellfire Gala. Gala. Mm-hmm. It, it was so just like weirdly, like it was, it was very Hickman, you know, large cast, no guiding plot, Everything like just breadcrumbs everywhere and some things <laughs> get picked up again and some things don't. And, and every, you know, like total economy of language and and everything is meaningful and like all of this shit, you know, just like building, architecting this grand plot. And then the post post Hellfire Gala X-Men is is Monster of the Week. It Yeah, that's exactly what it's been. <laughs> Ranging from Annihilation Wave to Nightmare. <laughs> yeah, we've got Nightmare in this episode. You want to explain who Nightmare is, too? I don't think Nightmare's come up in, in any of our podcasts. I don't, yeah, I don't think so either. And also, like, there's theoretically, I guess there was rumors of Nightmare supposed to be in Multiverse of Madness, and he just hmm. wasn't. <laughs> but so Nightmare, so we've talked multiple times about how death has a, is a character and is a has a personification. Yeah. Nightmare is the same thing. He's the king of dreams. Like he's he's the uh characterization of the concept of nightmares and he feeds off of people's nightmares. It's <laughs> <laughs> right in the name. Yep, There's there really is. not much that's, else. To that's come. it. That's it. Doctor Strange <laughs> villain. Yeah, he's a he's a spindly, lanky kind of skinny guy, pale skin. If you've read Sandman, <laughs> he legitimately <laughs> looks like Dream, but in a green unitard. Yeah, <laughs> and typically has like a like a feathery shoulder pad thing. He also has a horse, like Ichabod Crane. Sure. So so that's nightmare. He's he's wandering around New York, just kind of giving people nightmares and being like me, and then Jean Grey slaps him in the face. Jean Grey <laughs> wakes up, notices that nightmares around, and just like one shots nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Like excuse, like that. I get. Okay, I guess the takeaway here is psychic. Like psychic abilities are too powerful. 
They really are. Like, I understand that Gene specifically is an Omega level mutant. However, comma, yeah. being able to F with people's minds is just the easiest get out of jail card. Yes. There I are entire like that- storylines of Doctor Strange struggling to defeat Nightmare. Yeah. Gene wakes up from a nap and is like, <laughs> no, you're not here. You're not allowed here. I'm now policing all of New York. And if again, you ever show up again, I'm, I'm going to make this worse for you. And again. <laughs> Open palm slaps him in the face. <laughs> just full Will Smith hours. Just absolutely rocks his shit. Right? Like, he's sitting here. Twice. Doing he does his, it. Yeah. She does it to twice. <laughs> well, so she punches him first. Yeah. And then he says, how dare you unhand me? And she says no and slaps him. Like, bro. you. And then he tries. And then he, she actually catches his hands and yeah. says no. <laughs> like, <laughs> and and like the way that it's portrayed is for Jean, this was the most effortless thing she's ever done. Yep. Yep. Zero strain. Yeah. They are establishing a power level with X-Men. Unheard of. <laughs> yeah. Like the blend like the first so this is issue four the first three issues have been amazing blends of power and that's been really fun to watch yeah this issue is your halloween special and (laughs) it's just gene yeah flexing that she doesn't need no (laughs) x-men yes just nightmare like if this was like a a C or D lister villain, just like uh-huh. going on a drunken stupor rampage because right. it's Halloween and they were right. like if it if this were Jack o' Lantern, right, or any of the goblins, right, <laughs> I'd get it. But <laughs> Nightmare, bro, yeah, just just they're just they heard me complain about using the annihilation wave in issue three uh-huh. retroactively, and they were like, watch. What yeah. should I do next? <laughs> yeah, just like no, the, this is this is the context that we want to provide for for this team. Man. So that's really the entirety of the a plot here. Yeah, there's another great scene where she she kind of trap because nightmares whole thing right is like trapping you in your perceptions of your nightmares and everything gets wonky. She turns the table on him and like you know makes him like appears to him psychically being like you know. 50 times her, uh, his size and says, I need you to understand how small you are. And that was awesome. Yeah. It's a flex, but it kind of like, this was a whole issue just for Jean to, to show off as a way to like center around her. And then we get, we learn what her nominating speech was for herself to join mm. this X-Men team at the uh, Hellfire Gala. And I thought that was really cool. Basically like, you know, uh, (laughs) it's like, Hey, I did a genocide that I I agree. That's not cool, but you know, I will never stop trying to make up for it, make the world better. And, you know, I'm an Omega level mutant, but my greatest weapons are love and kindness. That's dope. Yeah. It can't, it honestly, that is the closest can tie like tie-in I've seen of her from X-Men Red. <laughs> mm. The title like right before Kokoa. Didn't read it. 
Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's it's just that dangling plot of like I mind melded all the smartest people in the world, oh, and right. I have a path for world peace. Oh, and right. Like, <laughs> and the and the out of X Men disassembled and not have, actually ever having to tell <laughs> the audience what the plan was for world peace. I know you're still bummed. Well, it's more just like. I'm relieved for the author. <laughs> uh-huh. You're like, if you're you guys were going to pull this shit off. off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's no way. <laughs> but like, it's just that like cop out of yeah. she psychically told all of her teammates how she's going to do it. And that's what sold them to join the team. Yeah. But she just never told us anyway. Mm-hmm. But with, with that, the catalyst for that entire thing of just love and kindness and, and, you know, just bringing peace to the world and, uh, mm-hmm. and like goodness, that mentality is still alive here, which is cool. Yeah. On top of that with a thruple open relationship. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, come on. Love and kindness. Which one do you think she calls love and which one do you think she calls kindness? Anyway, (laughs) they're greatest weapons. (laughs) So you also have Ben Urich digging up Nathan Summers's empty grave. Not sure exactly. Dedication to the story. Yeah. Not exactly sure how this fits in with his resurrection story, but he's, he's getting his hands dirty. Well, I mean, if it's an empty grave... Then, right. Then it's somebody who is presumed dead. Who, it's someone no who body. has died. Right. A yeah. mutant who has died. Right. So I guess I guess that is, it's it's generally connected, I suppose. Yeah, it's something he might use for background, but it's not going to go into his story. Mm-hmm. And then the final piece is uh, this guy. God, what is his name? Fei Long. Fei Long. Yeah, I always think of Street Fighter because <laughs> right. But yeah, he's he keeps on genetically modifying himself. Yeah. Giving himself and some powers. He is obsessed with the Mars thing because that was his whole thing. Like he yep. he built his entire industry off of taking humans to Mars. Yeah. But there were still years out, and then the mutants did it overnight. <laughs> right. And so he's pissed about that. But he's using so he's He's running all these tests to like power himself up, and the first one he first test he does, or the one of the tests that we see, is he's using ruby quartz, yeah, to power himself up, but also using the ruby quartz as a like power source to cut travel time between Earth and Mars in half. Yeah, yeah it's really. I don't fully get it, but. No. Maybe there's going to be some comic book science to Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Ruby Quartz, of course, is the material that holds Cyclops' optic blasts back. Mm -hmm. But it's it's very interesting to me, just the fact that travel between Earth and Mars is immediate for the Krakoan Gates. Mm -hmm. When generic, like, Traditional space travel, I think on here, they said it was like 36 days Yeah, to get from Earth to Mars. That is really, really far. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, one, the fact that the mutants do it instantaneously. And two, the fact that he's coming up with some sort of propulsion system that's going to cut that in half. Yeah. Bro. But bro. also, like, there's, there's 
so many alien species out there. Like, I get that you want to like be humans first, but like the tech is out there in that (laughs) by out there. Like, go to any crossover event and just take and reverse engineer any of their ships. Yeah. (laughs) But the normal the normal human world can't have access to the riches of the galaxy in order to blah 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 blah. It kind of seems like it. Like everything, everything, especially in, in the mutant stories everything is strictly human built and the only other x factor is like time travel yeah with like a nimrod or something mm-hmm. and that's it man humans could eradicate mutants if they just teamed up with the, the universe <laughs> Well, I hope that doesn't become a plot. I know, <laughs> right? It very easily could. We're kind of <laughs> certain ways in which we're heading that direction. You're right. That was the first thing that I thought of, and I was like, oh no, that would be terrible. Yep. That'd be the worst. Okay. But yeah, it's a Halloween issue. Yeah. Just as like the Simpsons Halloween episodes right. almost have basically have nothing to do with anything right. other than giving the animator something to do. Well, and kind again, like it's, it's 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 a it's a focus episode on Jean Grey where we get to you know yeah some background on her and why she's here, what she's what she's doing. New Mutants, New Mutants. I just want to start with the cover of New Mutants twenty two. You've got okay, yeah, Shadow King, Amal Farouk, you know, in profile, and the the new and then the New Mutants versus a bunch of apes all yeah. in silhouette in white silhouette and it's it, in his head inside his head and just that alone just filled me with dread <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's it's a beautiful piece of art it like is. it's it's so well done honestly <laughs> i know i say this every time that we read rod rice's new mutants every fucking panel i want on my wall like Every page mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. just I, like I, I I went and I looked up like does he have any art for sale? And it's like five hundred dollars. Like fuck, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like honestly, this this is oh my god, he might be it like a, a a top like new find for me in comics and one of my favorite artists mm. working right now. Like I'm it just over and over again, I'm blown away. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. This is the issue where the A and B plots of the uh, original, the adult new mutants and the children yes. new mutants crossover <laughs> the new come new together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the new news and the news. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, you know what I was saying? Okay. So yeah. Last issue, the children convinced the five to alter their rules for resurrecting uh, clones. And bring so back Gabby. Gabby back. Yep. So my only complaint of just, it's just inconsistency and, and it's not a big deal, but literally one of the first people they brought back in House of X were the other two cuckoos. Yeah. To make the five. Yeah. They it's are true. as clone as it gets. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so shame on Xavier. <laughs> but whatever. It, like they, whatever. that was yeah. like his big selling point. Like that was right. it's like I I honestly I'm pretty sure it's issue one where they're like yeah. the three must be five again. Right, you right. Expect the other two cuckoos. Yeah. 
but whatever. It's it's not a big deal. I get that they did it because of reasons, but like, sure, whatever. Anyway, so Gabby's back, and the children have a coming to terms with each other. Gabby doesn't remember the actual death. She just knows that she died and she remembers caring about her friends. And they have a group hug. Thank you. <laughs> and then, and and they're like, Oh, what do we do about this shadow King guy? And somebody's like, do you want to involve the snicked family? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically their term for all the other Wolverines. Yeah. They're like, we might need, we might need Lauren to can. Yeah. Like, well, they're dealing with, with, with the with Inferno stuff, I just like the term "snicked family." Snicked family is a good one because there's a lot of them. Let's yeah, be they're honest. Right. Rivals the number of spiders we have in six on six. And and meanwhile, the um, the the adult new mutants are they've got they've gone to confront Shadow King, and he's basically torturing them in a crazy sort of like hellscape where they have to fight all of the villains of Krakoa at once, you know, Nimrod Sentinels, Omega Sentinel, the rest of, of Orcus, Brood, Brood, Belasco, Sim, Apocalypse's, the Iraqi horsemen. <laughs> yeah. Shit's wild. So this dives into a really interesting perspective that the Shadow King has about Krakoa and the mutants and in general, just mm-hmm. the life yes. that they have. So, and you, uh, you see this, not a lot, but you see this from time to time. I see it a lot in anime, but like basically with Krakoa being this like life of peace that mutants have had for a long time or have not had for a long time. Mm-hmm. Shadow King is concerned that the mutants are going to become weak and lax right. and they will not be ready for the incoming death and destruction that inevitably comes for the mutant kind for mutant kind. So Shadow King is like you guys need to continually be fighting. <laughs> yeah. The the mutants of a month understood this and look how strong they are. And that is a great point by the way. <laughs> but also that's kind of why they lost. Like they that's, weren't able they you know in 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 such a wacky races fucking contest like like X of Swords. Like if it was a straight up fight, right. yeah, a month probably would have won. But absolutely they, they weren't able to adapt to a world that isn't just constant isn't fighting, just fight, which yes. is yes. the real world. Like even in like wartime and, and terrible scenarios, like you, you aren't just fighting 24 seven. There yeah, are other there's going to be some things that are going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's just like, you look at any mutant that's been introduced since then. Yeah. Well, like from, from a month and you're just like, God, you're insanely powerful. (laughs) (laughs) And Shadow King loves that, which in my head, just go to a menth and just call it a day. But um, (laughs) it's also worth at this time, maybe going into who and what the Shadow King is. Sure. Shadow King is a multiversal entity unique across the multiverse. Like basically uh, the dark side of the collective unconscious. And visits individual realities through a host body. And the first one that we were acquainted with in 616 
in, in Marvel comics was Amal Farouk, who was an Egyptian dude who wore a fez and was just this presence of immense evil that Professor Xavier walking by a cafe one day sensed him, sat down next to him. They engaged in psychic warfare. Xavier won. Farouk died. And then, you know, untethered the Shadow King caused all sorts of shit for the X-Men for decades afterwards. But that's that's what the Shadow King is. And so as a result, <laughs> we, you know, Farouk was in one issue and it was a flashback before he died. And Krakoa brings the opportunity to bring back Farouk. And so there's been a lot of sort of like, it's been unclear who's driving here. Right. You yeah. know, is, is this just Farouk? Is this Farouk occupied by the Shadow King? He seems to go by the Shadow King uh, as an alias. Is that an alias that he has taken because that's just kind of who he was in life? Or is is the Shadow King back in control, basically? Yeah. Because we, we had mentioned in the early issues of this run, which is like, this is the first, like, we got a flashback to Amal as a child yes. in, in Egypt. And this is the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. Very fun. Yeah. So, so yeah, he sees himself as sort of like the heir to the apocalypse ideology part of Krakoa of like, you know, survival of the fittest. And it kind of gives the, the new mutants an opportunity to define for themselves what Krakoa is. And I thought that was really cool. You know, so like, like magic says like, Krakoa is about breaking the cycle, not regrouping for another go. If you truly believe mutants are a higher order of being, then we have to believe we are capable of thinking above such petty terms of existence like predator and prey. And then Danny says, you know, if we treat everyone else as prey, then we become worthy of their hatred and fear, not ideologically, but literally. If we hunt them, then any measures they take against us are reasonable to ensure they survive. And then, you know, and then Wolfsbane <laughs> says, Rain says, Krakoa means safety and balance. So like, all of the like, I love the, these younger characters who've always been put in this position of being the kids once they are in that next generation role. And they've been teachers for quite a while, right? Like going as far back as like, well, New Mutants Volume 2 in like 2004-ish <laughs> was, you know, Rain and Danny and uh, et cetera uh, acting as teachers for the first time. But they were still kind of like young and, and doing weird shit and not sure what they were doing. Like Rain had a really inappropriate romantic relationship with Elixir, et cetera. Like things were kind of weird. But now they're like, no, we're actual adults. We get to make decisions and we're kind of in charge of shit. And we are here for like reasons that we can articulate sometimes better than the actual founders of Krakoa. <laughs> and I love right. that. Yeah. It's a real, yeah. God, this whole title has just been a real step up in these characters, like maturity. Yeah. I feel like every, almost every mutant title in the Krakoa era has been given an opportunity to like 
articulate what Krakoa means to this character or that yeah, character. Totally. And and that is the like idea and beauty behind Krakoa that it doesn't feel like the inner circle has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone else around the circle gets it. Yeah. yeah. But the inner circle is so all about their own personal designs and how yep. it fits within Krakoa. Totally. That they don't see what Krakoa could be. Oh, man. Except Just for like, Nightcrawler, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Bump so many of them off of the Quiet <laughs> Council and put... Like, I really am starting to see Danny as one of those, like, keystone characters in mm-hmm. in in the, the mutant world. The way that, like, Kitty Pride is. You know, mm. the way that like Storm is like one of these characters who's just like their relationships and their kind of like power of personality are just kind of like essential to making things tick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Danny, Danny's the reason why these five stay together. <laughs> yeah, totally. So often. Totally. But yeah, so, so what's his face? Farouk Shadow King is just like, all right, you five. You yeah. think you think this is so cool, but like the reality is Krakoa is gonna get attacked. And so he sends them, he basically puts them in his own like doomsday arcade murder box <laughs> slash hyperbolic psychic time chamber. <laughs> yeah. And just sends them through all these different reality like scenarios. Yeah. Places them in different places in, in Krakoa, see how they react. And then and then it's like, okay, well, they died. Look at that. And then resets them and puts them in a different situation. Hey, look, you died. Puts them in another situation. It's just God, it, the it, art again. I'm torture. sorry. I'm just gonna keep fucking gushing. <laughs> it's all so good. Like the way Artless, that yeah. the way that in the scenes with with Shadow King when they're sitting and talking, the way that Rod Rice uses puts the the new mutants in all black and white and uses the just immense size of Farouk mm-hmm. as contrast. Like, oh my god, just so compositionally cool. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just really, gonna keep doing really. that over and over again. No, the art the art's amazing. Yeah, and it's it it's one. He's one of the artists that like, it's iconic. Like you see it and you're like, Oh, that's absolutely him. Yeah. Like yeah. how Stu's obsessed with like Seb McKinnon. Right. You see, yeah, his, yeah, yeah. you see his art on magic cards and you're like, oh, that's a Seb. That's a Seb piece. Right. Totally. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot of fun. And so then the, um, the kids come basically to the rescue. And so the kids once again are rain boy, no girl, uh, Gabby, AKA scout, Anoli. Kozmar and they they've been calling themselves the the lost club and then they put together the lost club uh psychic rescue circuit mm-hmm. do you want to describe this because again right like their whole thing has been about using their powers in learning conjunction. how to blend powers and stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah and that's so... what shadow king's been teaching them and so here they go yeah, so Rainboy is made out of water. Yeah. Like, but there, I guess there's properties about his body that makes things blendy. <laughs> yeah. And, and Anoli, he's kind of just, he's like a lizard plant person. Yeah. yeah. He's That's got regenerative, regenerative powers. Yes, the regeneration seems key. 
And then no girl is literally just a brain in a jar. She has yep. psychic abilities. Psychics are always OP. <laughs> Gabby has her Wolverine. She's animal senses and regeneration. Yep. And then Cosmar is a reality warper. So, <laughs> so they blend together and you have the Lost Club Psychic Rescue Circuit. Lonely for- Arts Club Band. Astral projection enhanced and made collective through reality manipulation and psychological regeneration made collective by communal contact with living conductive water. (laughs) (laughs) And this is like, okay. And this just kind of becomes a medium for them to insert themselves into Shadow King's psychic warfare. And God, this panel with where they're jumping inside this open mouth that has a brain. Oh yeah, it's one of the so it's one of those things where like with with this whole like idea, I don't have a problem with you throwing really weird words and uh, combinations of adjectives together, right? Especially when you're blending powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if you make it work, if you make it believable, I'm here for it. But if you just start throwing shit together and be like, "Hey, look, they solve the problem immediately within the next page," Uh it's like, "Ah, okay, sure." Yeah, (laughs) but this this was an entire journey, and like basically they made it so they can join in on this psychic plane prison yep. that shadow king has uh the adults in yes that's the point <laughs> but they get there and they have uh they jump they get into the plane and they look like a blend of like their ideal self and their actual self oh yeah their 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 glow up mode yeah is so cool the the um what are they what is it called the um well, that comes later, right? The Giga Mode? Never mind. Oh, the Giga Mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But just like when they first get to Farouk's plane. Yeah. Uh, no Rain girl Boy has, has body. hair. No girl has Rain a body. And Cosmar is um, less deformed, but still. Yes. Uh, like she she kind of leaves the defining characteristics of her face and her eye there, but she's yeah. smaller and like has slim. Slimmer. Yeah. And Anoli has a tail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so I didn't know, I didn't remember, I guess, that Wolf Spain can split into five. I hate that power. Okay, but that's a it, thing. It's it, <laughs> well, I think one of the reasons that I hate it is because I, I I didn't see it happen. It happened during the last like three years. It, it or whatever, like the 2015 to 2019. Stretch in which I didn't read. That's when she developed that power. Oh, I just don't remember it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's how important it is. (laughs) It's so weird. It's just like, why, why is your power to split your body into, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Why, why is, but if you're going to go this route of secondary mutations, then right. But like, cause it doesn't make sense for Emma to turn into diamond. Like she's right. a psychic. <laughs> right. I mean, none of it has to make sense, right? It's fucking comic books. It's fucking superpowers. Sure. But like, just why, what What does that add for her? How hmm. does that make her cooler? Um, Her desire to have a pack, I guess. Mm. With like Himari and Tear. Okay. That's the first stretch of an answer I can think of. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. And 
And yeah, so we have more just like, you know, no art, all all prose pages of conversations between Shadow King and Amal Farouk uh, and kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, we we get this, you know, sense that Farouk has attempted to use the new mutants to rescue him. And Shadow King's like, no, all of this was my they trap. They hate you. Oh yeah, and the, yeah. The, and Shadow King's like, "How do you know that you you brought them? What if yeah. I wanted them?" And yeah. Like, oh god. And so this is the last issue of the New Mutants run, and yes, there are a few of these like text conversation pages. Yeah. That one play into the theme of this um, like astral plane. Yes. Idea, and because really they're the theme as, of the whole arc, which is about you know like. Who cares about you? Can people be redeemed? Right. Yeah. And and what what is like the actualization of oneself, especially amongst people who are used to being like ignored by the mm-hmm. world. But they're also using these text fields to save space. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> this conversation called the boy and the beast that you're, that we're talking about right now. Like it's you know, six lines per character. Yeah. That would have been really cool to see visually represented. Yeah. But it would have taken pages. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But one of the things I like about this, that it's, it's act two, scene 3,452, just like showing how long Amal and Shadow King have been like together for lack of a better phrase. It's just like, this poor boy in this ast- like this astral projection of this child has been locked away by this beast for 3000 scenes yeah of life yeah and only just now and this he's that's finally well, that's got act a chance two. to reach out Who and it's act 2 sure act 1 yeah right cuz then later on you get another one of these conversation pages yeah. and it's heroes and shadows and it's 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 the it's a conversation between the child the the children and the adults and yeah. it's act one scene two like because <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's what's happening right now and this is honestly one of the first times we've even seen all of these characters together because they've been doing such separate a b plots for a while yep absolutely and and so just that direct comparison of scene two versus scene 3,452. <laughs> you're just like, okay, yeah, man, that child needs help. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And and so yeah, the the by breaking into the the psychic torture chamber, the kids make contact with the adults, come to the rescue, et cetera, et cetera. And and you know, yeah, we get this like the the adults are you know ready to rage, wage war like full war on the shadow king and that is colored in part by the um the history that shan and rain have of being directly possessed by him and the kids especially you know who have kind of spent time with him and and been mentored by him but even gabby who was killed by him <laughs> are like right. no there's some good in there. We have to open our minds to this. And like 
Good fucking gravy. After <laughs> after rehabilitating rehabilitating Cortez, Fabian Cortez and Celine, now we're gonna do. You're gonna sit here and try to make me care King. about Amal Farouk, you <laughs> sons of bitches. Like, right. Come on, man. Come on. Like, for the, so <laughs> before we even had a pod for yeah. the dozens of listeners, we've talked. Steve and I have talked about how like how many of the damn X Men villains have either currently or have been good guys and how like Sinister uh, before Krakoa, this is a while ago. Sinister was like the only X-Men villain. (laughs) Sinister and Sauron were the only X-Men villains who were just legit. Never a good guy. Even Sebastian Shaw has been an (laughs) X-Man. Right. Right. And, and and then, and then, but then there's like the classics, like Celine who was only around twice and she was very evil both times. She was around more than twice, but yes. Two, like, major plots. Major arcs, yeah. My, for me, I only had Necrotia. And I was right, like, okay, right. well, there's her time on the Hellfire Club, which was a bad team. Yeah. And then there's Necrotia. And she's, right, right. she's the reason why it happened. Anyway. Yeah. And then, and like, there's like classic examples. Cause like Apocalypse was at the time he was a child. It was a clone child. Right, and he was right, a good guy, Genesis. Right. But then, there's the classics like Shadow King is always going to be the bad guy. And then you go and say, you, you're coming at me with like, yeah, but Amal he's just Farouk misunderstood. Is not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Motherfucker. You, yeah. <laughs> you're going to do me this like How this? How dare you? How yeah. dare you? <laughs> Amazing. <sighs> okay. And then, yeah, we have the Gigaforms, which was random and cool yeah and then we go for well even slightly before that we have the the another mutant circuit we have the astral fusion Mm. between the lost club and the new mutants teams and it's just this creepy ass one like angel with four six wings and a, a single eye for a head yeah it seems more it seems more like the classic definition, like, like the a biblical, biblical definition angel. of an angel. Yeah. And this is, so I guess what threw me off is that this is a blend between Cosmar, Danny, and magic. Yeah. And none of the three of them screams biblical angel to me, but it's not a big <laughs> deal. It just, it, it was, it was an interesting choice, I guess, yeah. from a director perspective, writer perspective, right. That this is what they wanted these three to look like. I mean, I guess I could see like, it's more about like Danny's like psychic image manipulation mixed with Cosmar's reality manipulation mixed with, with, uh, magic's like spatial fuckery mm-hmm. or something but anyway yes it's it's wild mm-hmm. and then yeah we get we get the gigaforms after that where yeah, so thanks thanks to that they get to the actual shadow king remnant yeah. oh sorry one last mm-hmm. yeah also in between we have magic karma and danny doing a mutant circuit where the soul sword is infused with manifestation dissipation and psychic immobilization field like right kind of <laughs> makes sense because it's like oh the soul sword cuts through you know mm-hmm. cuts cut, like cuts psychically slash magically and doesn't affect flesh and then you include that with the sort of like mind transfer and 
and image, you know, mental image manipulation from from karma and, and magic. But yeah, 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 I just it's like okay, yeah. <laughs> and then the Lost Club is like, all right, we need more firepower. So it's, so Cosmar gigas up her friends, and yes. Rainboy becomes a giant water drop <laughs> um, <laughs> with eyes. <laughs> Gabby becomes a giant honey badger. Because that was her original alias, was honey badger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No girl becomes basically an adult golden, glo- glowing yeah. golden version of herself. With a little <laughs> with a little transparent brain cavity. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then um, Anol becomes Godzilla. He becomes fucking Godzilla, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they fight the aspects of rain that are still under last vestiges of control of the shadow King. And then more beautiful art. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. We see how shadow King is manipulating how rain and Amal's the child version of Amal see the new mutants. And they're just like straight out of like Tim Burton's nightmare yeah. versions of the adult new mutants. And uh, they do one last, like, plea for uh, Amal, ple- pleading for Amal, the child, to reach out and and tell the Shadow King no. Yeah. And there's beautiful double page spread and they get him. You know, they Farouk finally sets himself free from the Shadow King and falls on the ground in a giant heap crying. The end. Like, no fucking way. No fucking way. This was a fucking climax, dude. Like, I feel like there are so many superhero fights that like end kind of anticlimactically. You know, it's like, oh, oh, we All got the to time. the end and oh, okay, <laughs> two page fight scene, it's over. And this was like two full issues that were still like advancing the story, but always on that like high level of of climax action and then ends with this just like pinnacle of evil (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) laying down on his on his elbows and knees crying his face off (laughs) holy shit dude right and so as much crap as i talk about telepaths when you have when you're having an astral plane psychic battle yeah you can it gives you this opportunity to have to cut to scenes of different yeah. perspectives of having a con- like having a calm conversation at a table, but then the very but then the very next cell have this kaiju level battle of yes. wills, yes. and then the cell after that have just like a, one of them making a a un- an indefensible point, and the other one is like stabbed with swords like you can have these you can you can accentuate accentuate your the impact of your fight scene yeah visually that you can't do when we're fighting in central park and the whole thing can still flow coherent narrative and yeah and also we've got in these last four pages or i guess not or these last five pages if you count the double page spread of a, a mall versus the shadow king as one page like five completely different art styles right <laughs> and like it full it 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 goes with the flow of the of the tension yeah totally 
Oh so my cool. god. Yeah. Oh, New Mutants. What a this is this is another one I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to that's gonna stick with me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. This way of X, X Factor, Hellions, like there have been some really incredible books in this Krakoa run. Oh, there is a there's a issue twenty-four, by the way. Yeah, the, the title keeps going, but I think Vita Ayala is not a part of it anymore. He writes 24. They do? Okay. Yeah. I think Ayala uses they, them pronouns. I'm not oh. sure, though. Well, it doesn't matter yeah. because yeah. it doesn't come up in the next volume and a half of Trials. Right. 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 So <laughs> This is the climax Wolverine. for Trials of X. Yeah. Yes, Wolverine, for sure. We've Wolverine got 17, 17 and 18. 18. Yep. Jeff's back. Yeah, Jeff, Bannister, Jeff Bannister, his friend from the CIA, who's basically the dude from the Big Lebowski, except in the CIA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's been tracking the head of the X desk, Dolores. Yeah, Dolores Ramirez. Uh, she makes a trip to the same rundown diner, uh, same time, same day, every single week. Has a cup of coffee and leaves. Yeah. So clearly something's up. Yep. And so Jeff is trailing, investigating, and giving Wolverine uh, updates. Yep. Well, and an update. Yeah. And eventually we t- yeah, and we turn out. It turns out that there's uh, a tracker down there, some sort of bug made of plant tech. Right. I was gonna say four pages in, we get. Wolverine at another party on Krakoa. So many parties. Yep. I thought of you immediately. <laughs> as soon as we see Blob doing karaoke, I'm like, oh. Singing Blobra Ann. Fucking. Yeah. <laughs> Blobra <laughs> Also, though, classic example of using a character for the sake of having a face and not actually using their personality. Mm. Gene showing up and like asking Wolverine to go and sing a karaoke song with her. He's like, nah, I've, I've work to do. And she's like, okay, fine. And then she like, she's like all bubbly and drunk and then goes right. and pulls Storm over and she and Storm um, have a Tony Braxton duet. Just, it just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I I'm, not, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that Storm would never sing karaoke but I don't think she would do that song. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, she she recommends that he sings Johnny Cash or Nick Cave. <laughs> I, I just really like what everybody sings in karaoke. Pyro sings We Didn't Start the Fire. We didn't obviously. start the fire. Yeah. It was always burning since it was returning. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, Maverick shows up. Yeah, Maverick Maverick shows up singing The Righteous Bros. And remember, he's shown up in the Wolverine title previously. He was up for auction at (laughs) that weirdo auction house. And Wolverine pulls him in on a mission to prevent basically oceanicide. It's like (laughs) chemicals being dumped in an ocean that will destroy the entire ecosystem. Jeff, specifically Krakoa as well. Yeah. Jeff goes into the office and the office, and then th- he goes out for lunch in the whole office. It gets marked. They're all dead. And then basically he goes on the run with his kid. And then 
it turns out Maverick double crossed them and, and Maverick is working for the the auction house people who are also doing the ocean aside thing. Right. Also, also, also. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a very this is this is a pretty big shift in, in Maverick's characterization, I've gotta say. This whole like Okay. He they're saying like, oh, he's he's like Jeff, Jeff and Wolverine have a scene like, what are we going to do about this guy, Maverick, you know, our enemy? And he's like, well, he's he's not an enemy. He's just not a friend, <laughs> you know, and, and basically he'll take any job, blah, 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 blah. You know, he's he's in it for himself and, and doesn't really have a moral compass like that's that's a pretty, pretty big shift. I think it's a better one. I think mm-hmm. there are enough like Mercs with a heart of gold, you know, it's kind right. of like a. A, a, a tired trope, probably more interesting to just have a character who can kind of live in that other moral yeah, landscape. I, yeah. And I would say it's, it's harder to do a character that is a mercenary through and through and actually make it any level of compelling. Yeah, totally. Like, tell me a good story of someone that's strictly by the contract. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There's not much to write home about. No, this. no, no. There's not much else. In you know, a, a sniper attacks Dolores, and then they spring into action, and and blah 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 blah. Maverick, blah blah blah, and then Maverick ends up getting sort of like double crossed when he brings the bug, the the mutant bug back to steal state, state secrets to the auction house, and it has a recording of Wolverine and Jeff doing a duet singing Johnny Cash. Johnny mm-hmm. Cash's cover of Nine Inch Nails, but yes. Another just fun. So one of the things conceptually that I like about this era of mutant books is we get sometimes just random snippets of life and conversations that don't really move the story forward, but it's kind of a fun aside. Like totally. my favorite thing about OVAs with anime mm-hmm. <laughs> is just like, here's a story that you can see and you never actually questioned, but now you yeah. know. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. there's this sur- one of the surveillance tracks was a conversation between Black Tom and Juggernaut <laughs> and Black Tom just being like, this is a safe space, yeah, between us friends and and a few nips of whiskey. He's like, yeah, sure, Tom, whatever. Sometimes, <laughs> sniff. Sometimes people is mistaking Black Tom for Dracula, and it sniff. It hurts our feelings. <laughs> and Chuck and I was like, I know you're not Dracula. Yeah, but like, <laughs> what do you, they say things like, what are you doing out in the daylight, bloodsucker? And Chuck like, who said that? Who said that? <laughs> yeah, who said that? You tell me who the fuck said that. You're like, aw. <laughs> People looking out for Tom. <laughs> I, Juggernaut and Black Tom have always had such a good bromance. Uh, I love them. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's, it's, again, Juggernaut is not a mutant. <laughs> sure. Where is he having this conversation? <laughs> but he's going to join the Legion of X, so. He's going to join Legion of X. I think he's on the roster for the second second wave of X-Men. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Or at least he was, uh, sorry, the maybe the third wave, because the public voting was out again, mm. and Juggernaut was one of the choices. I don't cool. know if he actually won, oh, but okay. he was one of the choices. Sweet. Excalibur? And that, yeah, I was gonna say, and that's the end of Trial Seven. Yeah, 
Trials Eight in comparison, I think I liked better. Yeah, even though New Mutants was amazing, but yeah, I, New I Mutants, yeah overall it, like <laughs> Trial Seven had two out of five really good issues. Uh-huh. I think Trials Eight had two and a half out of five <laughs> good issues. <laughs> Excalibur was interesting. Yeah, let's see. So what happened? So what? Pre- so previously in Excalibur, previously. It ended with Merlin revealing that he had basically seeming like a brainwash, at least controlled King Arthur, yeah. who uh, is the previous king of Avalon. Who Imagine Jamie that. Currently sit, yeah. right? <laughs> Jamie currently sits on the throne of Avalon. And it ended with Arthur showing up with some, with his knights and uh, some Sebeleth assassins. Mm-hmm. And some, some fury hired monsters. And some yeah. furies to attack Saturnine and the Starlight Citadel in the middle of a Captain Britain trial about the variants that Jamie created out of nothing. <laughs> yeah. And so we kind of... Well, it starts out real slow with a random conversation between um, apparently an old flame of Betsy's uh, from Strike. Who Who recently got resurrected. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about him. Me neither. But his name's Tom Lennox. And he found out when we did that he's a mutant (laughs) (laughs) because he got resurrected. Uh (laughs) Along with the rest of Strike. We're all also mutants. I don't. Uh, um, they might have said in a memo in the last issue what their powers were. They're all psychics. There you go. All right. There's one random thing that Betsy was talking about. Talking about the magic of Otherworld is the magic of mutant kind. Yeah. And one that's a bold, very overarching statement to make. Yes. But two, if that's true. Yeah. That makes, I would say that makes Apocalypse's obsession with magic in the Krakoa uh-huh. era a little more, makes a little more sense because they needed other world to connect right. Amenth. Yep. It makes Richter's new turn a little mm-hmm. more understandable. Like anytime, it, it, it just, yeah. anytime you have a mutant that is suddenly more powerful and, and magic adjacent yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in other world, now it makes sense, but to just say that the magic of Otherworld is is mutant magic is a very wide berth yeah, of a statement. Totally, I don't know, and and no, <laughs> no offense to Betsy, but I don't know if she has the uh, credentials to make that kind of claim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, magic credentials, specifically, sure. But if that's true, that's huge. Yeah. But it also makes uh, Mordred being a mutant more, like, tasty. That's true, yeah. Because we don't know what his mutant power is going to be. We don't know shit about Mordred and yeah. Mord- Mordred as a mutant. Yeah. Right. So, anyway. so yeah, during this whole, like, kind of, like, rekin- like dinner date, basically, between mm-hmm. Tom from Strike and Betsy, Betsy's side-eyeing Quanin with Grey Crow. And they seem to be like doing well with each other, whatever, you know, I don't, if we're going to take the read order at face value, it seems like whatever betrayal that Grey Crow felt (laughs) in Hellions is, is being, you know, kind of, uh, addressed here. They're working on it or something. They're working on it. Good for them. But yeah, I don't know. I, 
Betsy, she's such a, she's a really hard to pin down character. And well, we I haven't think, seen Betsy in like, <laughs> we haven't seen um, before X in, in a long time. Betsy in her original body, depending on how much mm-hmm. you want to, you know, how much weight you want to put on Quanin's influence. influence. Yeah. Yeah. Not since like 91. Yeah. So they split before Krakoa. They did. Yeah. I want to read that, but I'll get there eventually. Yeah. I feel bad because it didn't hold any weight for me because I didn't see it happen in the books. Mm -hmm. So this was actually kind of how I learned who Quanin was, (laughs) (laughs) was that book. And I was like, oh, I didn't know there were two. Okay. All right. Moving on. (laughs) But yeah, usually it's siblings. Like Shan and M, right? <laughs> but uh, not well, in this case, because 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 there was revenge, right? And revenge was Quanin's psyche in Betsy's body. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So so the issue after that kind of focuses on this ongoing battle with between the Starlight Citadel and Arthur. People fight. Conversations are had. We've got this like big strategic strategy session run by Megan and Brian Braddock's kid, Maggie. I did not know she was a strategic genius. (laughs) Yeah. Very precocious sort of like Valeria Richards thing going on here. I chalked it up to transformation in the other world like Shogo. Oh, okay. And then she kicks over a table and spills a <laughs> spills a glass of juice. She's like, "If you don't do it, the cylinder will fall." Kick. <laughs> don't spill juice. Yeah. So yeah, big siege of the Starlight Citadel, as you were saying, and Merlin's casting a big old anti magic spell to kind of stop it, just destroy the whole Citadel and remove Captain Britain powers, and then you get this. Un uncaptain Britain Betsy versus Arthur and a big old telepathy battle. Yeah. And Betsy's like, I'm a mutant, bro. Like, I don't need magic. <laughs> yeah. You are just a man and you've forgotten why you fear my kind. Yeah, that was oof. Yeah. Just a psychic knife to the head of King Arthur. No big fucking deal. Right. Again, again, Betsy making bold statements on behalf of mutant kind. Yeah. I'm like, sis, <laughs> back this up, please. <laughs> but yeah, so she, the, I, I wouldn't say the, the like battle is over, but like the players have been removed. <laughs> so like Arthur gets knocked out psychically. They get well. Merlin's still going strong. This is, but Merlin's uh, still around, right? And I think he's the real power source here. So, yeah. But so, like, we don't get to see how this ends because they get out of the sphere of influence of Merlin's anti-magic. Betsy catches Saturnine. Uh, Shogo and Jamie (laughs) burn a giant crevice between Starlight Citadel and um, Merlin's forces. He mm-hmm. hops on a griffin and says, I don't care. <laughs> like you do. And then, yeah, and then knocks knocks the ground out from below Saturnine and Betsy. They fall into the ravine, which ends up being 
full of light. <laughs> and then um, and then they come to, on the very last page, in the Sea of Secrets. On a little boat together. On a dinghy. Saturnine is awake and feeling magical again. And she's like, hey, by the way, I feel like this is a good time for me to tell you the secret of how I took the throne from Arthur in the first place. And then to be continued. Uh, I want to slightly correct a record here. I said something incorrect on a previous pod. I said that Saturnine is killed a bunch of people and blah, 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 as like the, the multiversal counterpart to Brian Braddock's ex-girlfriend, Courtney Ross. Mm. That's only half true. She is the multiversal counterpart to Courtney Ross. Courtney Ross was killed and replaced by a different multiversal counterpart to both of them. The evil SAT hyphen YR hyphen number nine. No. Yeah. This is some real Claremont shit. Is she Cree? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, no, accuracy is important. Yeah. So I just, I didn't, because I had said that I, the, I I was mistaking Saturnine with Saturnine and Mm. I, I didn't want you to have that. You know, in the back of your mind. <laughs> Got you. Yeah. I, I I truly don't know anything about the true Opal this. Luna Saturnine, why she's there, what she did, et cetera, et cetera. Got you. I have no okay. backstory. I think she's just always, as since she was first introduced, I don't know if she was always old, omniversal majestrix or whatever, but she's always been mm-hmm. this sort of character. Got you. And then it ends with pulling up Hickman's. <laughs> map of the 10 areas of other worlds surrounding yeah. Starlight Citadel. And then on top, you have Earth and on the bottom, you have the Menth. And it highlights the territories occupied by Merlin. And it's a full uh, half. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Roma is surrounded. Right. And he also has the eter- external gate. Yes. So interesting stuff going on right and it's so weird because merlin i okay i want to see i want to get dane whitman here uh-huh because the merlin that we're getting here and they've called it out too being like he's acting weird but like the merlin that we're getting here is very different from the merlin that is portrayed in Black Knight. You read the uh, Death of Doctor Strange mm-hmm. X-Men tie-in, right? Yes. Okay, I did too. So we've got some some Black Knight, or, you know. Right, crossover. and so there's, there's a little bit of, but it's more just like he does a team up with a couple of the mutants. Right, like, totally. To do some magic-like stuff, and there's weird powers and abilities yep. and stuff. But like, I want Dane or his daughter to come to Otherworld. Mm, that would be tight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. And see, because I want I want Dane to meet this Merlin yeah. and not the Merlin legends. Because like, mm-hmm. and I get it, like Merlin took all of the bad stuff from Camelot and put it into Otherworld. And so 616 Earth has a beautiful version of right. 
of flawless Avalon. So like, yeah. I get that. That's cool. Yeah. Like he took the bad, he put it somewhere and this is where the bad is. But like, I want to, I want to see how Dane reacts to this Merlin mm-hmm. and to meet, you know, King Arthur, you know, because uh, his, he's a descendant of a knight of the round. So like, that would yeah. be interesting. Anyway, that's just me. Well, right. what, one last thing on Excalibur. I feel like there's some ominous Shogo foreshadowing going on mm. and it's freaking me out. You know, they've been like, you know, he, he enjoys being a dragon more than a human baby. He's going to have to, you know, go in the place where he, you know, find his right spot. Uh, that was in a previous arc. And then in, in this issue, he, there was another conversation that was like, you know, uh, is he going to join the battle? No, it's too dangerous. He's my baby, blah, blah, blah. I feel like there's some foreshadowing going on and and I'm preemptively concerned. That's yeah. all. Just noting. I will just say, like, for the record, they can do whatever they want with Shogo's story. Yeah. Because he's just an orphaned baby from a fight that Jubilee was present for. Right. (laughs) And then she legally adopted him when they found out that his parents died. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's 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 Shogo's origin story. (laughs) There's a Wolverine the X-Men crop storyline where future Shogo shows up, but he's wearing a suit of armor. He's not a mutant. Right. So you can do whatever the hell you want with them. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, goodness. All right. Moving along. Let's move. Let's move. Uh, So next up, I think is uh, X-Men number five. X-Men five, right? Yeah. Yeah. X-Men number five. So... This felt like a really short issue. Yeah, I agree. I would say there's like two pieces to it. One is that we're coming into the end of this battle between the X-Men and the Reavers. Yeah. That focuses more on Polaris. Mm-hmm. And then the... Yeah, just like the last issue was sort of like a a, a Jean Grey spotlight mm-hmm. issue. This one's a Polaris spotlight issue. Uh-huh. For like two-thirds of it. Sure. But so this is this is one of the things that bugged me. This is one of the ones that stood out to me that bugged me was Polaris's memory. The first version of this, we, we get a flashback to the Hellfire Gala. And she says, just not me psychically. Right, right, right. So during the during the nomination process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when every mutant can vie for themselves to be yeah. like, you know, I, I should be an X-Man. And the fact that Polara said, just not me. And Jean is like, that's interesting. Let me change and that. Changed and it change it to just pick me. Yeah, and just everyone, pick. Cho- and then she wins the position. So it makes me, that I, was well, enough. I guess yeah. two things. One makes me wonder if Polaris was the popular vote choice. I think she <laughs> like was. That's what, started, that's what well, started crossing my mind. Yeah, I don't know. Because part of it is, I read this interview with Leah Williams, uh, who wrote X Factor. And and basically she she was saying like put forward Lorna to be part of this X Men team because it would be good for a good step forward for her character. Basically knowing that the X Factor title couldn't continue without Lorna mm. on the title. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and That's like nice. that would be like kind of like bad for Leah's career. 
and yeah, and so like that little psychic manipulation pissed me off. I yeah. was like, "Excuse you, Gene. That, right. w- this is why I hate telepaths." I yeah. go back and forth in this, in just in this episode, I've gone so uh-huh. back and forth about telepaths. But like, yeah. So then I'm starting. My mind is spiraling as I'm reading each cell. Yeah. Of just like, what the hell sort of manipulation is Gene doing? Yeah. When because. After this scene, <laughs> you get oh well you have you have Lorna safely personally single-handedly removing a nuclear reactor. Uh-huh. Because she controlled the electromagnetic yeah, spectrum well, and so she doesn't get hit by the radiation. Yeah. But then a melting down nuclear reactor. Yes, specifically. <laughs> and then you get to the end of this Reaver fight. Everyone is knocked out except for her. And she she magnetically manipulates a passed out Laura Kinney Wolverine yep. Yep. and has her fight for her. It's, and it's so like, dope. Okay, so yeah. just strictly out of like, I'm not 100% sure about this. But I thought that Laura only had adamantium claws, and that yeah. was it. And I think maybe also the she has claws in her feet. Yeah, she's got two in her hands and one in her feet. Yeah, okay. one on each foot. Yeah. So you could like marionette her, I guess. Uh-huh. But like the way they have her control, Polaris yeah, control yeah. her, it's very if full she had body. a full skeleton. Yeah, and that's yeah. just strictly nitpicky. It's not a big deal. Shoot, not on like yeah, <laughs> right. But so like I saw it and I was like. Mm. But then, then Lorna just goes full on. Hey, I'm I have as much mastery over my powers as Magneto does, and she gets blinded, and then she just reads the electromagnetic spectrum yeah. so she can see where the Reavers are and keep on fighting. And then she's like, "Oh, I see your uh, your I see your metal fillings." Yeah, the and fillings says, in your to teeth. me, my fillings. <laughs> I love that line. I put that in my notes too. <laughs> It was great, but it's just like, like, okay. And then like, to your point where you're making, like, this is, this is the highlight Lorna issue. Because like in X Factor, she talked about how she's got this PhD and no one ever talks about it. Right. And then here. They call her Dr. Dane. Everyone's addressing her Dr. Dane, which is super cool to see. Yeah, totally. But yeah. And then Lorna just has. Passed out Laura, pick up a road sign and just whack the rest of the Reavers. It, <laughs> she, <laughs> but it does lead to Laura when she comes back and she's like, wait, what happened? She's like, uh, I just used you. Sorry. She's like, how long was I out? I don't know. I'm just like, okay, I hate not having, I hate having like gaps in data or whatever she says. And then she addresses the fact that she and Sync need to talk. Yep. So that's nice. That's <laughs> Yeah. We finally get yeah, movement for there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, and then they have the conversation where Lorna, Lorna calls out Jean. She's like, "Hey, so without using psychic powers, can we talk?" <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's like, "Why did you change what I said?" And Jean's like, "Well, you know, I heard what you said before that because I'm a telepath, and you said pick me, and then you second guess yourself, and you said just don't pick me, and you're like, no, no, no." And so, like immediately within the same issue you recontextualize uh-huh. that situation yep. and Lorna just fully accepts it she's like you know thank you for advocating for me yeah, when I should it's but so like, annoying that you're right <laughs> but at the same time like psychics man 
Yeah, says, you need the X-Men as much as the X-Men need you. And, you know, I just, Polaris is a character who could use a good Polaris needs a needs direction. her time. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. does. And she's clearly a very powerful mutant. Yeah. And she's got control that, and she's never lost her control, unlike Magneto throughout <laughs> the years. Right. Because he's been in the spotlight too much. But, yeah. <laughs> but like, <sighs> To have it be done this way, I don't know. That that I feel like is overstepping a telepath bounds. Mm. Like in terms of consent, Mm -hmm. I can see that. And they do that a lot with with telepaths. Whenever they want a telepath to have heard something, they always excuse it away with like, "Well, you were practically so loud, I couldn't." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, no, you were. Yeah, but again, it's also like if you. You overhear conversations with regular ears. I imagine that's right. billion fold when you're a telepath. Sure. Get that. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It, it's how very are we convenient. Supposed to yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How are we supposed to know what it should, should be like? Like you still, they still didn't say it out loud and they didn't say it out loud for a reason. Mm-hmm. But you know, it is what it is. Okay. So, so that plot is whatever it is. Yeah. The second plot yeah. is. Okay, the the event that's going on that's okay. Well, sorry, one one last sure, 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 Warner sure. plot, which is she writes a letter to North Star and oh, is yeah. like, "Hey, yeah. you need to be on this next X Men team." And you know what? This this has been good for me, but I'm going to need a vacation. I'm going to be off world for a while, but you're 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 you got to go next. Yeah, thank you for advocating for me at the first yeah. Hellfire Gala. However, comma. And and also it's don't tell anyone that I shrunk off first, shrunk away from mm-hmm. the team first. So, oh. but yes, yeah, sorry. Continue the the next the event the the, the kind of kicker last f- f- couple pages. Yeah. So the X Men are holding. It's winter. Yeah. Because last issue we just had the Halloween issue, so <laughs> it's winter. The X Men are hosting a like open house get together, hang out, cook out. <laughs> yeah. at Seneca Gardens. Free food, yep. free healing, so they're gonna be, medicine. They're going to be, uh, so they're like, yeah, we're going to have, uh, we're going to be feeding the hungry because yep. Krakoa's uh, bounty is 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 much. So we're going to share that. We also are going to have healers to tend to the sick. We're going to yep. have telepathic counseling and legal advice from the lawyers of the Hellfire Trading Corporation. <laughs> We're going to have a bunch of extra clothes uh, to pass out for those of you who don't yeah. have somewhere warm to sleep. Like, that is how an event should right. go down, man. Right. That is, is so cool. I so love cool. that. Yeah. And, and, and like so what like, superheroes ought to be doing in general. Right. Right. Yeah. You want to you want to actually have some change in your world. Right. Do shit like that. Yeah. And so Ben Yurick attends and yes. because he is the ultimate X-Men B plot right now. Yes. And he gets a chance to go and meet with Cyclops. Yeah. And then go for a walk. I love that he's like, hey, let's go for a walk. And yeah. Gene and Emma are like, does he really think some distance is going to keep us from listening? And you're like, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Because, okay, because if they do that and then they find out and then they want to go and they like get upset and they go behind Scott's back and, mm-hmm. and wipe Ben's m- memory, like, right, bro, yeah, totally, <laughs> but anyway, whatever. 
So ben, also Ben's probably way too good of a journalist to not have hard copy oh, he's backups got, he's somewhere. Got, to, he's got paper trails upon paper trails. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ben, ben is the reporter of yes. of Marvel six one six and has not died for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> But so he walks with Scott and he basically, he straight to the point, he's just like, listen, you had, you had a off world mission. You didn't come back. Yeah. But here you are today. I have actual security footage proving that you did not come back. Yeah. I imagine something similar is going, uh, is going on behind the story of Carnation, Jumbo Carnation. Mm -hmm. Um, I also found out that Nathan Summers, who I believe is related to you by your last name, his grave is completely empty, leading me to believe that the mutants have come up with a way to uh, fight <laughs> or, or to combat death. And because of that, that's a really big deal. I think uh, I think that is story worthy. Yeah. It's going to be another day before I like get it out. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to give you a chance to reach out uh, in the next 24 hours uh, if you wanted to give a yeah. statement. Approaching for comment. Good fucking <laughs> journalist. <laughs> Dude, what a boss. What a boss. Yeah. And oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I Ben, Ben, Ben. So with the introduction of Nightmare and and, and as far as like crossing paths with otherworldly characters, I'm really curious what death's response to Krakoa is. Mm. That's a good point. It's on my mind because, and this is full tangent, if you don't mind. Yeah. It's on my mind because in Marvel's Midnight Suns, in the expansion, Mm -hmm. Marvel's Midnight Suns, of which you have played several hundred hours recently. Only a hundred, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Mephisto has beef with Dracula because when Dracula makes vampires, Wait, Dr- Dracula it, or Black Tom? Dracula. <laughs> How dare you? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want Juggernaut coming smashing my head. When uh, when Dracula makes more vampires, it makes them undying, and it screws with the influx of souls to hell. Mm. And so Mephisto has beef against Dracula, and. implores the Midnight Suns to go and deal with Dracula. Interesting. And I just played that story beat a couple days ago, and so it's on the back of my mind. And then you have this conversation with Ben driving into my head that, like, yeah, the X-Men don't die. And they've they've had this whole storyline with with Onslaught about this resurrection protocols, and it's clearly the same soul, according to this, according to Way of X, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, And so... No mutants are going to hell. Yeah. Mephisto canonically has had Sabretooth as a pet. He's oh, yeah. <laughs> he's had dealings with Logan in hell. He's he's had like I was gonna say Puck because Puck yeah. was uh, I don't know if he's a mutant though, but yeah. yeah, he is. He is okay. So he's had he's had Puck as a lackey in hell. Wait, is like, no, he isn't shit, no. Okay, I didn't. It was think it was so. a curse. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> Does he? Did he blaspheme against hockey? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! What was it? I I read I read it. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So Mephisto's had dealings with mutants. He's very familiar with the mortality of mutants. So 
I'm curious if Death or Mephisto have, like, if this has stood out to them at all. Like, Death had a... Death is attracted to Ben Riley because he is the one being in the universe who has died the most times. <laughs> so, and she thinks that is so intriguing. Okay. And so you have a nation that doesn't die. Right. Eventually, she's got to take notice. That's true. Maybe maybe this will be like a, a Deadpool series or something. Maybe. Anyway, that was just a really yeah. side side thought. X-Force. Where are we on? We're on X-Force. So the two issues of X-Force. X-Force 25 and 26. This one, <sighs> yeah. It was a Wolverine story first off. Yeah. You mean surf Surfverine? <laughs> Surfverine. Like, okay. <laughs> he got Forge to make an adamantium surfboard. It's so unnecessary. Is the most unnecessary. That is so dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> it is so dumb. It's really dumb. But he has an animated. We've have you ever seen Wolverine Surf? Like even in no. the like beach special edition Fleer cards. <laughs> Wolverine was not surfing. No. It's he and- was like snicking, snicking uh hot dogs on a like <laughs> Barbecue and shit. You know, when I think there are a lot of places that are like very important to Wolverine's character, right? (laughs) You've got Canada, you've Mm -hmm. got Japan, Mm -hmm. you've got Madripoor. Mm -hmm. Maybe they surf in Madripoor. It seems unlikely. Have you ever seen a wave in Madripoor? (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) not a one. But yeah, yeah, all of a sudden he's like Shaka, Hang Ten, you know, Grishel claws bro. through the fucking tube of the. I mean, yeah. okay, granted, he never finishes a wave. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so there is that. Okay. Question, because I I truly don't know the answer. We're both from Santa Barbara, California. Have you ever surfed? No. Yeah, me neither. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've boogie boarded. Oh yeah, boogie board like fucking. I mean, that's a real surfed. Like, yeah, kid in the nineties, you mm-hmm. know, necessity. Yeah, I never, I never surfed that. It's always the f- like when I like traveling abroad or even like you know traveling in the states. It's, it's like the first question anybody ever asks. Oh, you're from California? <laughs> Do you surf? Do you surf? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's so obnoxious, but it's funny. So now that I see, like, now that we've had this, uh, now that we've had Inferno, yeah, I watch I watch Forge brag about his biotech advancements, yeah, and I'm sitting here just like, bro, you only have this ability because all of Krakoa is part techno organic virus. <laughs> yeah, it's <that's> true. <laughs> oh God. Speaking of techno organic virus, that's yeah. not a tell story. Oh god, I that's, know, I know. Yeah, that just clicked. Oh god. Okay, so <laughs> so anyway, so this plot is dumb, but I mean, do you, okay. How how badly do you want to go through this? I'll go through it quickly. So yeah, adamantium surfboard. 
for Wolverine. Quentin and Phoebe break up. Um, he he takes her. They go on a date to the 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 baby creche, kind of like place where all the babies are. And there's one baby named Maximilian whose powers are manifested already, and they're causing havoc. There's an interesting scene between Phoebe and Phoebe Cuckoo and Quentin where, you know, it's kind of hearkening back to Quentin's like big growing up arc from (laughs) a handful of issues back. And, you know, he asks, uh, basically he's like, you know, I've, I've grown up, but uh, I'm, but like if I had grown up, sheltered and and cared for things would have turned out so much better. And she says, you should be happy with who you are. And he says, maybe I am. It just feels kind of fragile. Sometimes she says, you don't need me as a crutch. You're strong enough to stand on your own. What if I don't want to? And then she breaks up with him like two pages later. Yeah. But there's also a memo from the rest of the cuckoos. Yeah. Telling Phoebe to stop being different. Yes. Which is interesting. And she breaks up with him via astral projection, which I think is better than breaking up via text, but not much. Yes, that is one <laughs> step above. Yeah. I got broke up with a, by a note. Oh, no. Like a physical handwritten pass between classes note. No, that's mm. terrible. Dude, what? I got broke up with over AOL Instant Messenger, but that was fine. I was happy for it because <laughs> the alternative was just like, I knew that it was coming. And so mm. just wait, having to wait, you know, like right. until the next time we saw each other to confirm the inevitable versus like, no, let's just talk it out here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this Wolverine side uh, hot <sighs> thing. So, yeah, he's surfing. So there's there's this one section of Krakoa called Dead Mutants Cove that has pretty on the nose. has thunderous hundred foot waves, and it throws off the like security plankton that Tom uses. It throws off the seismographs that Sage uses yeah. that Krakoa tracks. So like, if there's going to be an infiltration, it's obviously yeah. going to be there. And I feel like if you're Krakoa, yes. Close off the cove, right? You don't need no these hundred foot waves. But anyway, whatever. Wolverine is like, bro, I'm gonna go hang ten. So she goes there, <laughs> yeah. uh, rides a wave, falls, it gets chewed up by the coral on the on the bottom, and he's gonna die. But then this blonde lady named Pike yeah. pulls him up and saves him, which they. She pulls him out of the water, but then once he's out of the water, that's when he gets heavy and she needs help to drag him away from the <laughs> But yeah, sure. I mean that's maybe what maybe what true in terms it is. Of it is. You can buoyancy. carry more in water than you can yeah. on ground. However, however, comma. <laughs> she doesn't have she's like she's not part fish. She's some right. blonde lady mutant that we we like she seems like a mutant, and then like there's a scene with them in at a campfire where she like pinches the ground and creates a little like rock detail of Krakoa. Yeah. And so I assume she's like a geomancer, geopathy type character, but we don't actually know. So no, at least that's what it seems. So they have like a romance connection basically. Yes. Her name is Spike. And this is, this is what 
bugs is because I don't feel that Logan is the type to cheat. So, well, I don't know exactly. Okay. This, this is like the variations of polyamory, right? Like, is this a committed throuple? Is this an open relationship? And that is where I was going to lean into because we should have Stu on as a guest, uh, as a uh, <laughs> as a guest on the pod to to talk us through, you know, the the various multiplicities of polyamorous relationships, right? So, and that's kind of the thing is like f- from the beginning of Krakoa, he Scott and Gene. Well, I guess he's with Gene and Scott's with Gene. Yeah, they both have conjoining rooms to Gene's room. Yeah, and and they're happy. And that's fine. Yeah. I have no problem with that. Gene and Logan hooked up in like issue three of X-Force. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. They're together. Yeah. This scene. Feels unnecessary. He, he meets this blonde lady. She's yeah. not even a redhead, but she meets, <laughs> he, meets, <laughs> he meets this blonde lady. She pulls him out of the water. They have a beer together. Talk about Krakoa. And then hook up, and he's got he's 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 caught feelings. Yeah, it just it doesn't it it doesn't it doesn't check out for me. I think Wolverine catches feelings easy. I you know he probably does. Yeah, but like so that leading to my overarching question of like is he is he in a relationship? What like what kind of relationship does he have with Gene that he's right. cool with having a one night stand where he catches feelings with Pike? Right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so you get the next. So the next issue, we find out that Pike and her two surfing buddies stole three babies from the hatchery or whatever the place is called on Krakoa and got out via Dead Man's Cove, Dead Mutants Cove. And it doesn't seem like they are mutants at all, I yeah. guess. Yeah, because it turns again, out they are Xeno created, you know. The same thing is 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 going on with these Russian soldiers. They are right. Yeah, they're created by Zeno. That's right. Yep, and they've got gills and and various other powers, including an adrenal gland sort of like adaptation where they are basically addicted to going on dangerous and life threatening missions. Right. Yeah. So like they need that rush in order yeah. to like feel like they're alive yeah so anyway yeah it turns out she was xeno and she and a couple others like her went into the baby creche and stole a couple mutant three mutant babies including maximilian whose powers go crazy and he basically blows up the entire submarine that they go off to wolverine and with some coaxing from gene quentin choir go after pike Wolverine's there because, and you know, so they have their whole like get over your breakup arc, right? And Quentin, uh, with the conversations, like Quentin's basically just being emo. He's like, it hurts and it's all I can think about. And Wolverine's like, well, I'm not much for pep talks, but I suppose I'm an expert on hurt. And any consolation, you feel more at your age the good feels, the bad feels, <laughs> all the extremes. Live a little longer, you get numb to it all. Okay, okay, let's go. <laughs> and like, it clearly doesn't work for Clinton, but that. But also, that is so not Logan. Like, or maybe that's yeah. just Logan 
clearly Logan should only mentor girls, women. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because he's a terrible mentor to Quentin. In totally. Movie. Like both so in this, true. also in Wolverine and the X-Men, when they uh-huh. introduce Quentin, he's terrible. Well, he was introduced <laughs> in the, the. Oh, in new X-Men. Yeah. In yeah, Morrison's run, but still. Yeah. Yes. Quentin, Quentin got like his time in the spotlight. They actually yeah. like expanded on him other than being a class Jerk. clown terrorist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New X-Men. But uh, we also get psychic manifestation, physical psychic manifestations of a surfboard because that's how telepaths work these days. Yeah, I guess. So obnoxious. <laughs> We've talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Zeno has Maximilian. Yep. That's that's the stinger at the end. He's yeah being held by the peacock band. And then the like tease, I guess, at the at the end end is this little like memo about how unassuming uh Colossus is. Right. And that's gonna be interesting because we know Colossus is getting messed with and he's on the inner circle. And he's on the quiet council. Man, it's just this this book feels so all over the place. There have been so many yeah. plot threads that like kind of pick up and get dropped and don't really like when they get referenced, it's like, oh, remember that this is a thread in the book and not like with any sort it's of self-referential. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, this is this is also the teaser trailer page that I wish I didn't see. Oh. Mm-hmm. Cause I kept swiping and then like there's this red art. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, that's fair. Because <laughs> I don't want to give it away for the other people. That's fair. For the listeners. I don't. I can't even really make heads or tails of it. Oh, I just don't like the implication of uh, the helmet and that yeah. they like yeah, 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 to yeah. it and stuff. Okay, okay, okay. Just because it feeds into my conspiracy theory and I want yes. to see it play out and not get told. That's That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Well, then. Unless you have sword. anything else on X Force, yeah, sword, sword number nine, number nine, sword number nine, sword number nine. Okay, I get that it's artist interpretation stuff, but Guy Ritchie looks young. Yeah, <laughs> he's looking good. Yeah, it's true <laughs> for, for being a staple character. For, this kid for isn't the only decades. one who got a glow up in this in this title. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a conversation between Gyrick and James McDonald Hudson, aka Mac, aka Guardian of the Alpha Flight, and they're joined, basically who joined Orcus last who, issue. Who joined Orcus? Yeah, Ugh. Mac, come on. And they're basically talking around the fact that there is a mole in Sword. Yeah. Did you? So we find out who it is by the end of the issue. But by did you end. have? Did you have any idea who it might be? I did not. The only thing that I kind of like, well, I guess they wrote Fabian Cortez out of this book completely. He was otherwise in it before yeah, be, he would be. Well, the no, it, he would. He would not be because it. Well, now Orcus is a human organization. Oh, that's true. He just. I just. I, I'm always like, who's betraying? Oh, it's Cortez. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like he pathologically betrays. I don't know. Like. Mesmero, everybody talks shit on him and hates him. Mm-hmm. He was an obvious candidate. You've got some like squirrely, you know, characters who aren't around much, like random and forearm and gorgeous George, mm-hmm. who would, it would I be was, a pretty pretty low impact. I was thinking maybe Frenzy. She would be okay. I mean, she's also, you know, a former 
anti-human acolyte. Oh, is she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was the acolytes for a long time. I mean, you know, whatever. But I could see her resentment, various resentments with, you know, things (laughs) in general, (laughs) leading her to, to have some different opinions. But yeah, so frenzy was a possibility. Who definitely else? not, definitely not Eden Fessy. Manifold. No, definitely not. There's no way. It'd be really weird if it was brand. Like if okay, if it ended up being brand, it would it would absolutely have to be a, way like, too Nick Fury. Yeah, Nick Fury wheels within wheels. Yeah, manipulating Orcus from the inside. Type right. Thing. <laughs> and 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 I guess the 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 real like twist of the the other real twist of the knife besides who it ended up being would have been Peepers. Like if we spent, oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> if we spent oh, all man. these issues of fucking everybody coming up to the peak and be like, motherfucking people. <laughs> and then he ends up being the mole. That would be tragic. But anyway, I feel fi- I've figured it out in the second to last page, like the page before the page turned. I was like, Oh, and then, uh-huh. and then I got the confirmation, but yeah. that's, but that's basically not knowing who was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it took me completely by surprise. Yeah. So we have this issue, uh, Zandra and the Imperial Guard. Yeah, Zandra, to- the Empress Majestrix of the Shi'ar Empire, slash also daughter of Charles Xavier and Lelandra. Not that that really comes up at all, but Her. it's just there. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of odd. She has, she has. I want to say she has some psychic powers, but she's never. I think she does. But yeah, she got introduced in Mister and Mrs. X Volume One, which is a really weird (laughs) title to introduce her. Yeah, no kidding. Sorry, Mister and Mrs. X. For those who don't know, is Gambit and Rogue in their like couple title. Yeah, second volume is much better. We get a little kind of like walkthrough on the politics of selecting. Uh, sort of like from Abigail Brand's eyes, the po- what the politics were of selecting Kid Cable as mm-hmm. her sort of like head of security, as somebody who would be basically unaligned and naive and and kind of a pushover, but someone who's useful for like political sway. Yeah, because he's a Summers kid. Yeah, exactly. Even though she says that he's Gene's child, which he's not. Right. But whatever. Either she doesn't know, or that's just like uh-huh. an oversight. Or it's just that we too just don't fucking care complicated. About. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> <laughs> like this fucking. Like that, that, like that. <laughs> Do you remember that issue that I sent you where they were explaining Cable to to Joseph? The Magneto oh God, plot? yeah, right. Because <laughs> like I feel like I feel like Cable calls Gene mom. Yeah, totally. And like, I get that the two of them were slim and red, raised him in the future anyway. Right. right. However, comma, Uh you can't ignore the nine months of pregnancy that Madeline Pryor went through to have this child. That is true. (laughs) Anyway, not a big deal. But. The second we'll, half of this memo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. You you go for it because I know that you want to. The second half of this memo. Okay, this okay. explains okay. a lot. This is another thing does. that was that bugged you so hard for so long and provided context that yeah, I want to see how you feel about it. 
So interesting. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. So they, uh, <laughs> let's, take a, <laughs> let's take, let's take half of a step back yeah. to the birth of cable. <laughs> yeah. Um, or so, the resurrection of cable. The resurrection. Well, okay. But what's his face? Cable has been infected by the techno organic virus. Yes. Because prophecy, uh, apocalypse, yada, 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 whatever. The techno organic virus is also the same thing that the phalanx are made out of or like yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. I would consider it like their flesh. Right. <laughs> like yep. it's so so the techno organic virus in cable is not sentient, but it is made of the same stuff. Yes. Okay. So this this deep secret <laughs> memo that Brand has on here talks goes into this and talks about how he uses his telekinesis to keep techno organic virus at bay, which we've always known. But yes. then also, the techno organic virus is not his arm, which consistently people think it is. Right. <laughs> and he just uses the techno organic virus to interface with the arm with his different metal arms that he has right he has been known in the past to make an arm out of the techno organic virus right now the techno organic virus is very invasive and if he doesn't use his tk to keep it at bay yeah um, it would take over his entire body we've seen this happen multiple times and sometimes yep. he survives yep. every time yep <laughs> great, great summary <laughs> on the flip on the flip of that apparently uh-huh. <laughs> Cable's <laughs> telekinesis is so innately powerful that if he wasn't continually using it to keep the TO virus at bay, it would go out of control. Yeah. And probably kill him. Yes. Which sounds a whole lot like Nate Gray. Sounds a whole lot like Nate Gray. And then also conceptually, you saw this happen when. <laughs> <laughs> in sort of when uh in fatal attractions for Wolverine when uh-huh. he went feral because yeah. his his healing factor no longer having to fight adamantium right. goes out of control and he reverts back to a more animalistic right. version of himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So imagine that but with telekinesis. Holy right. shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that and so what C was also referencing is I was complaining about like if you're gonna get resurrected, why keep the techno organic virus yeah. when it's you can <laughs> it's killing you it is just it's terrible get rid of the damn techno organic fires but then oh look abigail's just like oh yeah by the way that's a terrible idea because then he'd die like yeah. oh, but just, oh man oh man oh man so he can keep the techno organic fires at bay so 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 let's just let's just let's let's talk for a second let's talk for a second you're talking plenty man keep going Physically, yeah. physically, cables like fifty-five years old. That's just right. ballpark. Ballpark it. Yeah, he's spent decades across timelines controlling the techno-organic virus with his telekinesis. Yeah. Just last episode, <laughs> we found last X episode, we yeah. found out that all of Krakoa is infused with the techno-organic virus, and it says the here techno-organic that- matter. That he has better control over the techno organic material than anything he's ever, uh, than anything Brand has ever seen outside of the phalanx themselves. 
right? He controls t- the TO material at the same level as the beings that are made out of it. Yeah. And Krakoa is made out of it. All of Krakoa is yeah. infused with techno-organic material. Yeah. And here we have Cable with an, a, a, a tech Master. telekinesis mastery of that material that if he didn't have it in his body would go out of control but so remove it from his body and put him in Krakoa this is this is one paragraph, one random paragraph of a memo of a badass named Abigail Brand yeah. just recontextualizing 30 years of a of a character that just puts his power set one on level with Nate Gray, but two on a whole other level. <laughs> yeah. God. Ridiculous. <sighs> Fuck. Man. Oh, yeah. By all means, get resurrected with the TO virus. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that means. You okay now? You good? Golly. Okay. Let's, do I need let's, to give you another minute? No, let's, let's move forward. Okay. Uh, there's really not a ton left to, to this issue. So there's this diplomatic envoy from the Shi'ar, right? Zandra, the empress, is, is in along with a small delegation from the Imperial Guard. Uh, and then this new lethal legion pops up uh, of a just some new characters who I don't even know if they're worth keeping track of who are apparently version 17 like version. Yeah. Version 17th model. Yeah. They're all androids basically. And a bunch of like psychic powers and stuff. And so they one shot all of the Imperial guard. (laughs) Yeah. Almost all the Imperial guard, The, the, the current Fang dies, the neutron. Is that the guy's name? Yeah. Yeah, Neutron and the the tall dude Titan, they all they all get splatted very quickly. Mm-hmm. And they also possess random to kill forearm who yeah, has and a then, white and then hair again. and beard, which I'm not used to, but that's fine. Yeah. But then you just you just have two displays of how insane telepathy is. Yep. To use random to kill farm immediately, to remove gladiator's confidence, yeah, which is the basis of his powers, yeah, just yeah, just telepaths, yep, they're, they're the end of us. Anyway, so they're just they're KOing the Imperial Guard just left and right. Cannonball is about to get involved, but before that can happen, Storm finally shows up. Yep. But then that's the end of we that's the end of that. We don't see and how that goes. Zandra is a huge Storm fangirl, which is awesome. Who wouldn't be? Zandra has been saved by Storm previously, apparently in another one of the X issues, but I don't remember it. Yeah. Not a big deal. Yeah, the the issue ends and we get we get a, you know, go back to the scene between Gyrich and Vindicator. Mac. 
and uh and we learn Guardian, who, I mean. yeah and we learn who the mole is yeah and so as soon as soon as so this person hacks into his communications and it's just like oh hey you want to talk to me now and guy is like I didn't think you'd be able to hack into this. And they're like, oh, please. And now, as soon as it was like tech based, I was like, oh, no, is it going to be? Uh-huh. And then I turned the page and look, it's WizKid. <laughs> yes. And now he says out loud that he, you know, he says more than hen- ready, Henry. So you just sit back and let the WizKid work. He says this out loud. Brand is right behind him. And so. Is the wheels within wheels manipulation going to be WizKid working with Brand as the mole? I don't know. We'll we'll find out next week because Sword Trials. Ten and Eleven are the first oh, first God. issues okay. of of uh, Sword Ten or Sword Nine or whatever. Sword Nine. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So so there we go. Cool. <laughs> like the, just great moments. New Mutants was was amazing. Yeah. Wizkid being the mole that 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 shook me that yeah I know you've been such an open fan of Wizkid he sucked <laughs> so bad in his first appearance and I've just been really stoked to see he he's just such like a he just looks like a zoomer in so many ways I'm just like really stoked <laughs> to see the like this like new generation of aesthetics bring itself out in comics you know. Mm. But yeah. Oh, man. So yeah. So next episode is going to be uh, Trials 9 and 10. Yep. Getting to getting to the end of this era of X because Trials goes up to volume 12. Yep. I will say it, this, this feels like the ramp up of the second half of the season. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like one through six let, went into Inferno for the uh, winter season finale. Right. And then I don't think X Lives and Deaths of Wolverine is going to be a season finale. For no. <laughs> but like, but using using these next six volumes is just kind of going to round out. Like, I think the Krakoa arc that it's trying to tell right now. Yeah, and then we're going to go into something new. Totally. One other thing, because we actually went through this kind of fast. But one thing that I wanted to <sighs> point out, I guess, about about what's going on because we had mentioned that in a few months hellfire three is gonna come out (laughs) yeah so that screams that kirko is going in relatively real time yeah and like that's more of a commercial thing than it is like a in-universe thing right you don't expect any (laughs) any of that to matter to you know like the greater Marvel publishing timescale or anything like that. Right. But like three of our years have gone by and yeah, there's, they're doing three, they've done three Hellfire Galas. galas. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and as it was introduced in the first Hellfire Gala, I'm just like, Emma's like, this is the first of an annual event. Yeah. And here we are 12 of our months later, getting another, Hellfire, and then another twelve months later, get another Hellfire, yeah. and like it's it's rare that you get that kind of one to one timing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's just, it's just a random like thing to point out. It's not in ten years from now, no one's going to have aged still, with the exception of like Shogo. 
<laughs> Gabby might be a little bit taller. Right. <laughs> um, but it is weird. It is. Uh, I think. Unless, unless, you know, watch them have a reason to do a second Hellfire quickly because they need to do a new roster of X-Men. Right. Because, like the team like publicly died or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But because the first Hellfire Gale is such a big deal, Mm -hmm. I am curious how, if the second Hellfire Gale is going to have another bomb like Arako. Right. They can't possibly do another thing like that. I would say there's no way, but like, who knows? God, the storytelling has been so good. For Krakoa. I know. I know. You know what I hate? <laughs> What's that? On Reddit, I saw sketches for a character, a character's new costume. Oh. That was that was from like a it had to have been like a panel at a con. Okay. And huh. it seems like it's a post Krakoa type really? thing. Really? Huh. Potentially, I don't know. Huh. Okay. But yeah, we'll see. We'll it, see. I'm like, I, I fully acknowledge that Krakoa is not going to last forever. Yeah. This status quo and introducing Arako and mm-hmm. their presence in Seoul, Mysterium, all of the Krakoan medicines. That's that's too much. It's too yeah. much at once. It's a lot. Yeah. It's going to grow beyond what it can sustain, but I don't want to end. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But like, it's reaching that like cycle. I mean, we're at what, like four, four ish, five years of Krakoa. Well, so after destiny of X, there's still fall of X, which hasn't even started. Right. So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, that's so so I guess that's what four seasons of X. Yeah. With trial kind of short. Yeah, trials is I mean, wasn't trials is kind of retroactively named. It only right. it, it wasn't called trials in like the, the, un, the until they started volumes. Until they started collecting them into into trade paperbacks together. Yeah, because they had it was supposed to just be more Rain, Rain of X. 12. Yeah, yeah, because Rain of X I think only went through six. No, Rain of X was fourteen, <laughs> and then wow, twelve trials. Yeah, it was going to be twenty six volumes of trial of of Rain. Jeez, they didn't do something. But yeah, there's a, there's like wow, God, that's a lot of X. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You see why they're falling so far behind on these compilation trades. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, I mean, four seasons of X, I get. Uh, it's actually thematic, huh? <laughs> yeah. With the Quiet Council. Yeah. Oh, boy. I, oh, man. I want, I want to find out. I need more post-Inferno. This didn't feel like post-Inferno. No, no, it didn't. We, I, I. I suppose it's possible that I had us jump the gun on when we read Inferno. Like, well, Inferno definitely happens before Hellfire Two. Yeah, or Hellfire Three, Hellfire Two. It definitely happened in in printing order before any of the stuff that we've read <laughs> mm-hmm. this week. So I don't feel I don't think we like did it wrong or anything. No, yeah, I don't think we screwed up. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's just it's it's. 
if they were just on top of their releases like they were with Dawn, then we'd be fine. <laughs> they they would literally, true. they would have to like put them, you know, a new trade out like every week or two. Every, every, every like two months ish. Yeah. Every, every month almost because they have been you know, doing every month and they fell way behind. They would have to be every week or two to 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 yeah. to have kept up. Well, because some of some of them have like two issues of a title. Yeah, but it's also those two issues don't show up in the next volume. So like, right? Yeah. So every couple of weeks, I would be I'd be absolutely fine with that. My <laughs> wallet would be pissed, but <laughs> I'd be down. <sighs> Man, I dude post post Krakoa X. I am actually curious. Like what? What paradigm shifts are going right. to exist? Right. Oh man. Well, I guess we should just call it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't got anything else. A pleasure yeah. meeting. I'm stoked to to continue on with this next week. We don't have to like. Oh, what are we reading next week? We don't have to like speculate even about right. like where yeah, this Charles is leading. Nine just like, yeah, we've Whoa. got. We've got. We've, we're just, gonna find we're, out. You know, we're gonna find out. Charles nine ten. That's it. <laughs> So then, yeah, I guess without any more post-amble, yeah. uh, let's put the uh, outro music here. Um, and we'll give Nips a sub to We're so nice. All right. Take care of yourself, man. Thank you. See you.